What is going on and welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day as we talk about the Cincinnati Reds team each and every day right here on the Locked On Reds podcast. Today, we're going to recap a big win to close out the home season at Great American Ballpark. Going to talk about this White Sox series by previewing game one and just kind of want to put a bow on the home schedule and what it was like getting the chance to go to as many games as I did. Kind of review some of the food items around the ballpark. That's all coming up here on today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. If this is your first time, make sure that you are subscribed right here on the YouTube channel or you're following me on your favorite podcasting app. You can also follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's on Twitter, and you can follow the show at Lockdown Reds as well. And you can react to whatever I have to say, whether you agree, disagree, whether you've got your own take on things on the Lockdown Reds line at 513-549-0159. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. They've got an amazing selection with reliably low prices. And like we always say, all the parts your car will ever need can be found at rockauto.com. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That was a way to end the home slate for the Cincinnati Reds, a just domination, complete and total dismantling of Pittsburgh. By the way, if you're a Pittsburgh sports fan, you're not real happy with the city of Cincinnati over the last couple of days. Day. Love it. But that was a great way for the Reds to kind of put a bow on things. They were able to just destroy the Pirates. And when you look at the box score, maybe you didn't get a chance to watch the game. You were at work or you weren't listening or something like that. You're looking at the box. You're like, holy cow, four hits for Jonathan India, including a home run, which, by the way, was a mammoth shot and went into the bleachers. And you had three hits from Eugenio Suarez, including a home run of his own. And Nick Castellanos had a home run and five RBIs. And those guys weren't even the story. That's why I got the T-shirt on, because Joey Botto still bangs dude absolutely banged all day yesterday at great american ballpark as he just loved him some pirates pitching two colossal home runs including one that was literally about two feet away from clearing the fence at the top of the sun deck and going out of the ballpark he absolutely destroyed it on the tail of the tape 466 feet just a mammoth shot Love seeing that from the lineup and all around. I mean, you had some great performances, multi-hit games from multiple people. And it was nice because you had back-to-back home runs from Votto and Suarez. You had, and and Castellanos, while he only had one hit, that one hit was a three-run bomb. He also randomly had two sacrifice flies. Huge day for Jonathan India. Again, if you are doing any sort of evaluations and any sort of voting when it comes to the NL Rookie of the Year and you're not voting for Jonathan India, I require your job because Jonathan India is the NL Rookie of the Year, period. But Joey Votto, what a fantastic day for our man Joe. And it puts a bow on the season. Like we said, the Reds uh, finished the season with a 44-37 and 37 record at home. They averaged 
five and a half runs per game at Great American Ballpark. It was nice to see. And kind of something funny. I mean, when Votto hits a home run, he has really contributed to the Reds' wins and losses this year because when he hits a home run, the Reds are 21 and 9. That's pretty good. And when you look at Castellanos, I mean, he had five RBIs yesterday, led the team in RBIs. So India led the team in hits. Um, Castellanos hit the team or led the team in RBIs, but the guy that I'm focusing on the most was Joey Votto. But when Castellanos has two or more RBIs in a game, the Reds are 18 and five in those games. So it was just, it was a combination of goodness for them. And that was more than enough. Absolutely a brilliant game for one Reaver San Martin to begin his Reds career, begin his MLB career as he debuted to five and two thirds innings of one run baseball. He had five strikeouts. Honestly, he looked pretty solid. He had nice command of his fastball and his breaking ball. That breaking ball, I think it was more of a curve than a slider, but whatever. I'm just calling it a breaking ball. It had Pirates hitters off balance all day long. In fact, the very first guy was Key Brian Hayes. He hit a stinger of a liner into the glove of Delano to Shields in center field. So I was thinking this is going to be one of those games where we're going to have to rely on Babbitt. Not so as Reaver San Martin struck out the next two guys. He struck out Susugo and struck out Brian Reynolds. It's not bad. Your second career strikeout comes against Brian Reynolds because make no mistake about it. Pirate or not, Brian Reynolds is one of the top players in Major League Baseball and San Martin disposed of him as though he had no nerves whatsoever. I was very impressed with the kid lefty. I'm not necessarily sure if we're going to worry about him uh, pushing for a rotation spot next year, but he could be a legitimate bullpen arm. And that would be nice to see. Speaking of bullpen, nice day for them. Uh, hugely kind of pressure situation in the fifth inning that art or in the sixth inning that art Warren came in and relieved San Martin. Like I said, there were two outs in the sixth, but you had some guys on base and maybe the pirates could start making some noise there. Art Warren shut the door with a big strikeout, very nice clutch performance from him. And it just let, it just paved the way for the rest of the day. Justin Wilson, CNL Perez of all people and Dari Moretta pitched shutout ball. You had two strikeouts and a perfect inning from CNL Perez. No less. I thought it was ironic that he came in the inning after Justin Wilson. Cause it's like, we're talking about, CNL Perez on opening day was hoping uh, the, the front office and management were hoping that he could be the lefty guy out of the bullpen for the Reds that never materialized. And so they ended up trading for Justin Wilson. So I thought there was some irony there, but Dari Moreno, once again, just looked phenomenal. He did allow a hit, but whatever beautiful pitching from him. I'm very excited to see what he continues to give the Reds down the stretch. Speaking of down the stretch. The Reds are headed to the south side of Chicago today. We'll talk about the Reds and the White Sox coming up here in just a minute. But before we get into that, I wanted to let you know that you can start jumping in on the savings when it comes to uh, getting some gas in your car at the pump with the Get Upside app. You can download Get Upside from the Google Play Store, from the App Store, whatever type of device you have. Download Get Upside today. It's free. And then you can put in the promo code baseball for an extra 
25 cents off. We're talking about almost 50 cents a gallon saved on your first fill up just by using the get upside app. Check it out today. Like I said, download it on your favorite device. There's multiple people who are traveling all over the place, whether they be commercial or personal, whatever it is, they're using get upside and they're saving up to 200, sometimes $300 a month just by using this app. Check it out today. Download it on your device and enter the promo code baseball to get an extra 25 cents off your first gallon of gas. That is the get upside app and the promo code baseball to start saving money on your Phillips today. We all fill up. We, we all have cars. We're all driving all over the place unless you live downtown in some huge major city and you don't need a car, but most of us do. And most of us fill up lots get upside and start saving money on those Phillips today. All right. So the reds are taking on the white Sox today. The South siders, the pale hose, whatever you want to call them. The reds are going up against the white Sox. And while they are an amazing team and they're currently sitting in the third spot in the AL wildcard or in the AL postseason picture, they're not in the wildcard. They've clinched the division and everything. They've clinched all of that good stuff there for the AL central. But when you look at this team, they've been playing 500 baseball over the last 20 games, 10 and 10, but they are 49 and 27 at home. They like playing at the friendly confines of, I think it's guaranteed rate field. Yeah, not one of the better names for a ballpark, but whatever. They're playing pretty well there. And when you look at this White Sox team, it's a combination. There's not really, they're not really like an amazing pitching team, but the hitting suspect or vice versa, they are a complete baseball team. Whether you're talking about the starting pitching, the relief pitching, or their lineup, they just get it done. When you look at the lineup side of things, their three best hitters, number one is a former red prospect, Yasmani Grandal. He has been fantastic and mostly because his plate discipline is unparalleled in this day and age of baseball. He has 82 walks and 78 strikeouts on the season, more walks than strikeouts. There are few and far between when it comes to any baseball player that can make claim to that. And Grandall is one of them, but he puts on top of that a lot of power, 23 home runs. He has a OPS plus of 161, making that the highest OPS plus on the team. Then you've got Luis Robert, who dealt with injuries in the first part of the season. He's only played about 60-something games this year, but his OPS plus of 154 puts him right behind Yasmani Grandal. He's got a little over 10 home runs on the season. He's hitting. You're going to see the numbers whenever he comes up to the plate, like a 350-something batting average. He's getting on base over 45% of the time in his abbreviated time at the plate this year. And then lastly is the AL MVP from last year, Jose Abreu at 126 with his OPS plus. Now I'm talking about the top three hitters, not lastly. It's not as if he's the worst hitter. He's definitely not the worst hitter. These are going to be the three toughest outs for any Reds pitcher on the mound in this two game series, this pair. So you just call it a pair like series for two games sounds weird. But anyway, this pair of games up in Chicago, they are the fifth best team when it comes to Major League Baseball in batting average at 256, and they're right behind the Reds. The Reds have scored 780 total runs. The White Sox have scored 778. That makes them both seventh and eighth, respectively. But when it comes to the pitching side of things, they're pretty good, too. Seventh best in Major League Baseball with a 3.77 ERA, and they are only behind the Milwaukee Brewers when it comes to total strikeouts 
i.e. best in the American League, second best in the major leagues, they've got 1,546 while the Brewers have 1,578. Tonight, the Reds are going up against Ronaldo Lopez. I've tried to practice that a million times. Reynaldo Lopez. He's a solid dude here. Recently, he hasn't been like setting the world on fire and you're going to see because they're going to show it up. Well, in his last start, he only pitched three and a third. Here's the caveat to that though. It was a seven inning doubleheader against the Indians and they were up by a million. So it's not like they really needed to tax a guy who's going to be a starter for them in the postseason. He does have a nice, uh, last seven games. He's not really a huge strikeout guy. He's pretty decent at it because of his high velocity fastball. But for the most part, he just limits hard contact. He's pretty good at keeping uh, hitters from barreling up his pitches. And he's mostly a fastball slider type guy. So he's going to set that slider up with the 96, 97 mile an hour fastball and the slider gets the strikeouts going up against him tonight. It's going to be a major league debut, another debut for the Cincinnati Reds and Riley O'Brien. Now, it was originally going to be Luis Castillo. He has been put on the family emergency medical list or something like that. But he, he is going to be away from the team for a few days for a family medical emergency. So he will be starting in Pittsburgh tonight. It's Riley O'Brien. He's a righty. The Reds got him straight up for Cody Reed from the Tampa Bay Rays. Which it's funny because the Tampa Bay Rays always make me think like if you play fantasy sports, whether it's fantasy football, fantasy baseball, whatever, there's always that one guy in your league that, you know, knows what's going on. The Tampa Bay Rays, when it comes to real baseball, feel like that guy that knows what's going on. And anytime you make a trade with them, there's a reason that they're getting rid of a guy to acquire your guy. They think that they know something about your guy that you don't, and they know something about their own guy that you don't. I don't necessarily know if that's the deal here. O'Brien seems to be all right. He was kind of noted by fan graphs as a possible uh, bullpen arm for the Reds down the stretch this season. But making the start today, he's made uh, a couple of starts. Well, he's thrown 150 innings, like saying a couple of starts. He's thrown plenty of innings this year in AAA. The one thing that he really kind of has issue with is walking people. He walks hitters at a 4.1 walks per nine clip. So the command is going to be something it's below average. When you look at the scouting grades on fan graphs, now they like his fastball and his curveball. His changeup is kind of below average on their scale. So to see what he's going to do with that is interesting. They, they think that if he develops it well enough, his curveball could be a plus pitch. So I'd like to see what the reds can do with Wiley with Wiley Riley. O'Brien. Maybe if he's good, we can call him Wiley. Wiley Riley O'Brien. That sounds like the name of a pub. You know what? If he's good at pitching and he retires, he should absolutely open up a bunch of pubs here in Cincinnati called the Riley O'Briens or something like that. I I don't know. Whatever. But I like uh, what the Reds are going to be doing here with Riley O'Brien to see what he has, if he can bring something else to the table. Like we said with Revor Sam Martin yesterday, he could be a bullpen piece next year. Maybe Riley O'Brien could be that uh, a possible dude to throw in the next, next spring training. We'll see how that all goes. But again, you know, Fangraphs thinks that he's going to be okay. He kind of tends more toward the bullpen 
in his future. He's going up tonight against the White Sox, who, like I mentioned, pretty solid hitting team. So this is no slouch. I think that San Martin definitely got the better uh, deal here for his major league debut as opposed to Riley O'Brien. We'll see how all of that goes, though, tonight as the first game of the pair happens. All right, coming up in just a minute, I want to switch gears. We've been talking about, you know, analyzing yesterday, talking about the few, talking about today's series with the White Sox and all that stuff. Let's get away from on-field stuff. Let's talk about Great American Ballpark because unless the absolute insane happens and the Cardinals lose the rest of their games and the Reds win the rest of their games and they force a one-game playoff in which Cincinnati would host that, one game playoff between the Reds and Cardinals. Unless that happens, there's no more baseball at Great American this year. I want to talk about Great American because I've gotten the chance to go there quite a bit this season. We'll break that down in just a moment. Before we break that down, though, I wanted to let you know that you can still take advantage of our offer at betonline.ag and get double your first deposit with the promo code locked on. If you're like me and you just eat, sleep, breathe sports, and you want to make some money off that knowledge, betonline.ag is the only online sportsbook that I trust to do that with. Head on over today and set up your profile with that promo code locked on to get 100% more on your initial deposit. I'm looking at betonline.ag when it comes to baseball. You got money lines, run lines, over-unders, great prop bets as well. Just cashed in on that total wins over 81.5 for the Reds for this season. Cha-ching, that was easy money. But... I don't really have a strong feeling either way today to give you any sort of tip, but you can always check out the Locked On Bets podcast. They help you out each and every day with some money-making tips for betonline.ag. Just go over to that website, set up your profile with the promo code Locked On, get 100% more on your initial deposit, and start making some cash off your sports knowledge today. Speaking of great websites, if you're looking for your next part for your car, go on over to rockauto.com. They've got all the parts your car will ever need, and they've been doing this for over 20 years. They're a family-owned company, and they will help you find exactly what you need. If you're a seasoned pro, you know exactly what brand you need. They've got that brand for you. Or if you don't know the difference between a tail lamp and a turn light, they can help you out too. BetOnline.ag has a easy-to-use interface and people to help chat you through in case you're needing to look exactly for what you need. And whether you are restoring a classic car, maybe you've got yourself a nice old Chevelle that you're trying to bring back to the future. <clears throat> or, you know, maybe you've got a DeLorean or you're trying to uh, fix your everyday driver. Maybe it's a Honda Civic. They've got parts for that car at rockauto.com. And when you go there in the checkout section in the how'd you hear about us area, type in locked on to let them know that your pal Jeff sent you. That's rockauto.com and let them know locked on sent you because rockauto.com has all of the parts your car will ever need. All right, this is kind of a segment where it really kind of behooves you to be watching on YouTube. I like to try to keep it pretty uniform across the board, and I will verbally describe some of this beautiful food that I'm about to show you, but I've got pictures of some great stuff because we're talking about Great American Ballpark. It's like a second home to me. I was there quite a bit this season, went to 15 games. By the way, I, I, I got to apologize. You can blame me, all right, when it comes to the Reds and not making the playoffs this year. You know, you talk about the bullpen. You talk about the lineup going cold in September. I'm here to tell you and, and, and take full responsibility. I've been to 15 games this year. They're 4-11 and 11 when I go. 
I don't know why. I mean, I was there on opening day. I was there uh, for some great games, but the Reds were four and 11 when I was there. So on the field product, not great when Jeff was at the ballpark. However, there was a lot of concessions and great things about it. Number one, Great American is one of the most beautiful parks in the country. And, and I've heard that from multiple opposing fans, whether they be Brewers fans. I've talked to Rangers fans about this a couple of years ago. And Cardinals fans, Cubs fans, whoever I end up talking to, they're just like, man, this park is awesome. We love coming here. Love coming to see our teams play the Reds here at Great American Ballpark. But when it comes to us home fans, we got a good man. Great American is one of the most beautiful parks in the country. And they've got some great concessions too. Now I'm going to start off first. You guys know, you guys know that I love fry box. It's my favorite concession stand at the ballpark. And I got to put them on blast a little bit today because this season they took a step back this season. I felt like they just didn't have a whole lot of good stuff when it came to filling the box, they put the fries in there. Sure. But felt like there was a little bit less of the toppings and it just wasn't as filling. I don't know. Maybe I got fatter. That could be the case, but it felt like a couple of years ago when they introduced fry box, you needed somebody else to help you finish it. And now you finished a fry box in about the fifth inning. You're like, man, I need a hot dog or something. Something. I don't know. I think they, they cut back in my personal opinion. And I've also got to take an L on something. Two years ago, before the pandemic happened, the Reds announced that one of their brand new items at the ballpark, specifically from Frybox, was going to be a s'mores Frybox. And I was all about this. This sounded amazing. This sounded like a just sort of strange, but a very interesting idea that I was super excited to get to. And then whenever we couldn't go to a game in 2020, it just built up that hype and built up that excitement a little bit more. And maybe it overhyped it. I don't know. But on opening day, I took this picture because I got this fry box. I got the s'mores fry box on opening day. And it could have been because it was 30 degrees outside and super cold and everybody was freezing. And the fact that the fries got cold almost immediately. <sighs> but it just didn't live up to the hype for me. And most people said, well, Jeff, they put chocolate on French fries. Like that kind of seems like a total miss. Like you didn't even need hindsight to see that this wasn't going to work. Regular site should have been 2020 on this and caught that, but it wasn't great. And to their credit, they did everything that they could on opening day. Like I said, it was 30 degrees outside and they put, you see, it's got like the marshmallow drizzle and stuff in there. They put that in like a ketchup squeeze container. So they had to do everything they could just to make sure the marshmallow drizzle was even on. So I give them credit for that, but I, it just, it didn't work for me. I'm sorry. I, I, I wanted it to be amazing. And I tried to hype that up because it sounded amazing. And I'm like pretty much a 10 year old. Sometimes when it comes to eating, I still love eating breakfast cereal, like huge cinnamon toast crunch fan, which is what they said they had on there, but it really ended up being some kind of hard thing that had a cinnamon taste. It wasn't cinnamon toast crunch. I, I don't know what that was. It's just, didn't do it for me. I, I was disappointed in Frybox this year. I've, I've got to admit. So, okay. Disappointing in Frybox. We're moving on because we're going to move on to the thing that I discovered that I loved unequivocally from the great American concessions this season. It was the get a burger. That was a fantastic thing that I found that was at the helmet nachos stands. And this is a thing. Okay. So the, the s'mores fry box, they can get rid of that. They can forget about it for the rest of my lifetime. I don't ever need to see it again. The get a burger has got to be back. 
next year. That was such a phenomenal thing. If you see here in the picture right here on YouTube, I'll describe it for you if you're listening to the podcast. It was a brilliant thing. It was on a pretzel bun, number one. Pretzel buns are awesome. Then the Geta burger was kind of a patty of Geta and beef kind of mixed together. It was a phenomenal patty burger that you got on this pretzel bun with a little bit of Thousand Island sauce, a little bit of cheese, and then it had that peppers and onions mixture that you can get on like a Bidreg Smoky or an Italian sausage or a hot net, you know, something like that. And when you put that all together, it was absolutely phenomenal. Not to mention it was only eight bucks. We're talking about some other things in the ballpark that are pretty much comparable that don't even have half the uh, food value that this thing had. Maybe that's what I need to do. I need to do ballpark concession sabermetrics. I don't know why I just now thought of that. That's a brilliant idea. That's going to happen this off season, but the wins above or the no, not wins. Let's go uh, stomach value above replacement whatever we'll workshop that in the off season wins above replacement level for right now the war of the getta burger tops in the ballpark that was phenomenal that needs to come back another thing that needs to come back and something that i should have had more of this season i only got this once but was the bread cone parfait we're talking about this amazing creation from the smokehouse right across from Frybox there in the right field corner that if you see this picture here it is a bread cone, which was very tasty in and of itself. Topped on top is some coleslaw, very nice coleslaw, not too dry, not too wet, just right. A little bit of a vinegar slaw to it. If, if you're a super mayonnaise kind of slaw person, you might not have liked this as much. I like a good vinegar slaw, slaw on top, and then you could get either pulled pork or pulled chicken. You know I went for the pulled pork and get a little bit of sauce in there as well. That's right below the coleslaw. And then at the bottom is just the creamiest mac and cheese you ever had. So again, bread cone parfait on the top coleslaw in the middle meat, whether it's pulled pork or pulled chicken and on the bottom, some amazing macaroni and cheese. It's like you just went to a barbecue, but you had it all in one hand. You didn't have to have utensils or napkins or bibs or anything like that, though you could get a bib if you wanted to. But with the bread cone parfait, you could walk around the ballpark with it and enjoy the majestic views of Great American Ballpark while chowing down on a bread cone parfait. I, I'm definitely going to get that. I hope they keep that. Again, you can punt the s'mores fry box, keep the get a burger and the bread cone parfait, please. And lastly, when it comes to um, food, I think is this, no, 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 no. Okay. never mind. I lost my own notes here. I got lost in my own uh, rundown. Yes. The luxury box. This was my first uh, try at getting to sit in a luxury box and shout out to a couple of friends of mine, Matt and Hannah. They got me in because I can't afford to get in there on my own. That's not going to happen. But this thing was amazing. You had that. You know, this, let's see this point here. That's the fridge that had beer and pop and everything that you needed. And then over here, you can't really see on the other side, you had this buffet of amazing stuff. You got hot dogs and hamburgers. You got chicken tenders. You had some like uh, dumpling, like, you know, some good Oriental food, like dumplings and a couple of sushi and stuff like that. It was the spectrum of good food. I don't necessarily think of getting Chinese at a ballpark, but it kind of worked in this luxury box. And then obviously this was a super hot day. This game went to, they got destroyed. This was the Corbin Burns should have been a complete game shutout brewers over the Reds game. 
So it was nice to be able to sit in the air condition and enjoy it. And that television up there, right there, you know, you could have some good stuff on there, whether it be the game itself, or you could flip around and see if there's like a good movie on. If you're watching a really bad game and you want to turn on Con Air for the 50th time, you could have done that. These luxury boxes are fantastic. I got to figure out a way to get back in there this year. But overall, just an amazing year for uh, to go to the ballpark, even though they went four and 11 in the 15 games that I went, hey, it's all right. And by the way, shout out to, I mean, n- another year of great beer choices at Great American. If you're into the libations and things like that, Great American has great beer selection. By the way, today's like Ohio Pint Day. Totally forgot about that until this point in the podcast. That's really sad. Wrapping my favorite brewery fretboard with my hat. But on Ohio Pint Day, I also remember the beer that I got at the ballpark. Just so many different kinds from all of the local vendors. You had some great national offerings as well. And then on the upper deck, if you got the chance to go up to upper deck this year and set up there, they had a specific Moraline uh, concession stand that had all, uh, not all of them, but they had like six different Moraline brews there. Really good brown ale. Um, fantastic IPA as well. Great stuff for more line and great stuff overall for the concessions. Like it was a dangerous thing, but I went to multiple games hungry this year and, uh, yeah, the receipts were many, but it was some good food and some good beer. Fry box need to be better next year. Gotta be better. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us here on today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Tomorrow, we'll recap game one of the White Sox series. Look at game two's probable starters as we'll talk a bit about the guy on the mound for the White Sox tomorrow. It's going to be interesting to see what the Reds do with Carlos Rodon because he's been a very good pitcher all season long. And we'll continue looking ahead at the offseason as we've got some more stuff. There's plenty to talk about when it comes to the Reds checklist. We'll put another uh, put another line on the checklist for the Reds as the offseason nears. Thanks again for listening and making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. Now go check out the Locked On Bets podcast as your boy Q and Lee Sterling give you some advice to help make you a couple of bucks over at betonline.ag. That's the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. And you know what? Locked on podcasts, they're always free. You got to love free. And we come to you each and every day on every single platform, both free. And I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow.